What's up, Video Landers? Welcome to episode number 507. Don't forget to like, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification button, show some love, all right? If you like what we're doing here, if you like the content, show some love. All right, guys, the Batman begins again. A lot to unpack here. Uh, I have a lot of opinions on this. I've been told I've been very nitpicky, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to give you an honest review here. I'm still processing some things, so with another viewing and maybe with some time, my opinion might change on a few things, but right now, at this moment in time, as of this podcast, I'm not feeling it, guys. I'm not feeling it as, as much as everyone else is, and I'm kind of on that island alone, I feel like, so uh, no no hate, all right? You guys, if you guys liked it, awesome. I'm coming off a of Peacemaker, guys, and... I really wanted to love the Batman as much as a lot of you guys have. I wanted to champion the Batman. I wanted to champion DC. I'm a huge Batman fan, all right? I'm just not a fan of a lot of DC stuff that has come out the last few years, but Batman's probably my favorite superhero, all right? Gun to my dick, Batman. Batman's my favorite hero, but uh, I'm just not feeling this like everyone else's. All right. And that's okay. I'm not alone though. Movies are subjective. The Batman's gone from a 97 tomato score down to, I think like an 85 already. I looked at it yesterday. It was 85 on Rotten Tomatoes. Still fresh. I went with video lander, Ryan Smith. He didn't care for it. He might've liked it a little bit more than I did, but he didn't like it. So I'm not alone. I guess I'm not alone on that Island, but definitely in the minority. I'm very aware of that. And I want to talk about something real quick. I have an article pulled up talking about how the Batman producers warned Christopher Nolan, we're trying to beat you and we're trying to beat Dark Knight. Essentially, we're trying to make the best Batman movie ever made. So go check out that article if you want. Just give that a Google. So, you know, they opened the door. Let's walk through that door together. The Dark Knight versus the Batman. No question, guys. The Dark Knight is still the GOAT, all right? It is the GOAT. The Dark Knight shits. It takes a massive shit down the Batman's neck, all right? There's no contest. So I wanted to bring that up because people are going to be comparing both movies. You know, both movies are grounded in reality, but comparison, you ask me, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight blows the Batman out of the water. Honestly, I think I prefer Batman Begins. I have 101 problems with The Dark Knight Rises, but I might even take Dark Knight Rises over the Batman. Dark Knight Rises has become kind of a kind of a guilty pleasure for me. But a lot of comparisons have been between this, The Batman, and The Dark Knight. I'm here to tell you guys from my perspective, my opinion, no fucking contest. Categorically, if this was a versus it does everything better. Dark Knight for the win. But hey, guys, if you were able to be immersed in this world and you could escape and you love the Batman, awesome, man. I'm not here to take that away from you. I'm just being honest from, from my perspective. Hashtag not my Batman, all right? Hashtag not my Batman yet, all right? This movie doesn't completely suck. There's things to like. And with some time, I could come around on some things. All right. 
but right now, hashtag not my Batman. <laughs> All right. Now, again, I, I'm in the minority. I'm aware of that. But I want to read some Rotten Tomatoes, uh, some rotten reviews. There's plenty of fresh reviews. The rotten ones are buried. So I want to put a, just a spotlight on some of these rotten reviews. So first off, our very own uh, Journal and Courier local newspaper guy, Bob Bloom, says, The director Matt Reeves is aiming for a film noir-like Batman story, but The Dark Knight, supposedly the world's greatest detective, does very little detecting of his own, mostly relying on others to unearth clues and pass them on to him. I agree. Like, we heard that this movie was going to show, finally, show us the detective. The dark detective. Batman finally doing detective work. That's awesome. That's a, that's a fresh idea. Something we really haven't seen. But, I think what we got here was very run-of-the-mill. Very basic detective shit. Nothing exciting. Very, uh, very paint-by-the-numbers. Find a dead body. You find another clue. Very paint by the numbers. Nothing interesting. I hope they continue the detective elements because I think it's something that's been missing in Batman movies. But I hope that the mystery, I hope the detective work is more compelling in the sequels. Next up, Blake Howard says that Batman is a needless collage of better movies. Matt Reeves and co-writer Peter Craig create an utterly inferior and infuriating vision of the Dark Knight. 100% agree. I feel like I've seen everything in this movie done better. Seven, Zodiac, Dark Knight. I've seen it all done better. And it feels like a million other movies, right? Benedict Campbell says, when Christopher Nolan was directing the Dark Knight trilogy, he tore into the Batman mythos with fervor, whereas Reeves just seems to be lackadaisically marinating in misery. And guys, you know, like when the Dark Knight released, I came out of the theater thinking like, this is it, man. Like, this is something special. I remember that night clearly. Nolan tore through the Batman mythos, man. Gave us something fresh. Here, I think with the Batman, it's okay. It's, it's just not on par with what Christopher Nolan did. Again, I don't think it was, it was all shit. It's just not nothing special like the Dark Knight. Next up, Sean Burns says, This very special episode of CSI, <laughs> Gotham tries to mimic all the moves from David Fincher 7, but has a lot more in common with junky 90s knockoffs like The Bone Collector and Kiss the Girls. That's hilarious. <laughs> the Batman uses the David Fincher aesthetic. And visually, you could almost say David Fincher directed this, but when you start peeling away the visuals and the awesome score, the score is great. I think what you have is like this pretty thin story with a very thin mystery, a mystery that in my opinion, isn't compelling. And yeah, the quality, that's funny though. The quality reminds me of the bone collector or kiss the girls. Everybody remembers seven. Everybody remembers seven. Not too many people talk about bone collector or kiss the girls. This is, this has a seven coat of paint, but it's not as good as seven. So that's funny. I actually, I agree with that. Bennett Campbell says the Batman has some stylish trappings for sure. 
and some interesting ideas, but under the mask, we've seen it all before. Seven is better. Dark Knight is better. So hammering home the point. Yes, I agree. Steven Silver says, forgettable, B minus serial killer thriller, one with a convoluted plot, too many characters, unconvincing twists, and a terrible villain. I'm going to run with this for a minute. I agree with a lot of that. All right. B minus thriller. We've already said kiss the girls, bone collector, convoluted plot. There's way too much going on. For example, nothing against Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, but I think this movie would have been better and tighter without her in it. Probably in the minority there. You would have to rewrite some things, but I think she convolutes the script, lengthens the runtime, and holy fucking runtime, Batman. This movie is three hours. All right, let's just call it three hours, like two hours and 57 minutes. Removing her and all of her bullshit probably takes this down to like two and a half, if not less. And uh, terrible villain, like I won't say Paul Dano was a terrible villain, but way overpraised, completely overrated. I told some guys in the studio, Brandon Folk and, and Kyle Brown, that I thought this was an overrated performance. And they looked at me like a deer in headlights, like I was fucking stupid. People are acting like he's on the same level as Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. I can give anybody a voice changer, put a mask on them, shake the camera in their face, act deranged, scream like a lunatic. Now, act awkward. Oscar goes to not fucking Paul Dano. That's for sure. I like Paul Dano in general. And he's fine here. Paul Dano's good. He's serviceable. But then there's moments where he just goes full Tropic Thunder, man. Like, there's moments where it's just too much, man. At the end, just pull back just a little. Like, I feel like I feel like they haven't got the Riddler right yet. Like, Jim Carrey's Riddler. Far to the left, right? And I think this version, far to the right. <laughs> I need a Riddler. Somewhere in the middle. Actually, I think, like, bring Jim Carrey back. Uh, Nathan Planiga said the same thing. Bring Jim Carrey back, but give him a serious Riddler role. Fuck, I would eat that up. But I don't think they've... I, we haven't seen the best Riddler. And then the, the final payoff for the Riddler wasn't satisfying. Just kind of what you would expect. You know, going paint by the numbers. Bone collector kiss the girls, right? And if you want to rip off seven, cool. Do, you know, Whatever. If you want to rip that off, at least give me a what what's in the box type of moment. Like, you don't have to put someone's fucking head in a box in this movie. But kind of put the exclamation point on, on what you're doing. This isn't Seven. I got what I expected. Again, not... it was It's not shit. Just, I, I don't think it's not... It's not worth the hype. Paul Dano's not worth the hype. Um, next up. Pablo V says the Batman is an okay film that thinks it's excellent. Boom. Right there. I agree. It's also so inspired by Fincher's two exceptional movies about serial killers that I'm surprised it didn't call itself the Batman and then Batman's spelled with a seven. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I agree. Okay. Movie. I think that's what I would say. I think, I think the Batman is okay, but guys, it's not excellent. All right, this movie is not excellent. And we keep seeing this comparison to Seven. The Batman is trying so hard to be Seven, but it just comes off as a, as a cheap knockoff. 
actually the Batman made me appreciate seven even more. I think if someone nominates seven, which I heard they might this season for Pantheon, like I probably say a yes. I was on the fence. I would say a yes now because I just look at seven. It's such a, a better movie. The Batman didn't feel like a fresh experience. It has a lot of different familiar elements, but it's never better than the movies or ideas it's pulling from. Instead of trying to make a David Fincher movie, just pull up a boatload of cash and get David Fincher. Like, I'm surprised David Fincher isn't suing them. <laughs> like, it looks like something David Fincher would do, but David Fincher would not direct this script, I believe. All right? It would be more complex. The mysteries would be more compelling. This is not a Fincher movie. It's a knockoff Fincher movie. This is a Chinatown Fincher movie. And if you're not impressed by the Seven aesthetic or with the film noir mystery, then you're probably going to have some issues with this movie like I did. It's not like the mysteries fucking blow. I mean, this isn't Batman 1966. It's just what you would expect. Very paint by the numbers. Christy Pucho says, Imagine if David Fincher made a Batman movie, but it was censored to air on televisions at Walmart. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. And I'll read one more. Rachel Wagner says, I wish they had taken the time to develop Bruce as a real person with feelings and emotions. Even in a dark and brooding film noir, there should still be moments where the character breathes and connects. And yeah, man, in this version, Bruce and Batman are the same. All right. This is not my Bruce Wayne. I know this was a... Uh, a conscious decision by the filmmakers to do something different. It's different for sure. And I do appreciate that in a way, but it's not interesting. I think you could have had a scene or two in this three hour movie with him just putting on a happy face for Gotham. Like, cause all emo, all emo gets pretty, pretty old, pretty quick. Okay. I loved Nirvana. All right. I love Nirvana unplugged, but you can only take so much of Nirvana Unplugged. And, you know, like, guys, maybe with a sequel, if he does come to that realization that he needs to put a, a face on for the public, it might make this movie better. So I'm on the fence, all right? I'm on the fence. But I did not enjoy the lack of uh, that Playboy persona, uh, that, that Playboy Bruce Wayne. And I think it robbed Robert Pattinson because he gives a very one-note performance, which again, is what the, the filmmakers wanted. It was, it was a conscious decision. But I think it, this doesn't do him any favors. This is actually his most one-note role since Twilight. So if you haven't watched anything in between and you just watched Twilight in this, you wouldn't think that he has uh, aged well as an actor. But he's such a great actor. He just doesn't have anything compelling to work with here. You know, you hear a lot of people call him Twilight Boy, which is so fucking stupid. I, I hate that. I hate when I hear that. He gave one of the best performances I've seen in years, along with uh, Willem Dafoe, in The Lighthouse. Check out that movie if you haven't seen it. It's fucking amazing. He's been doing quality movies, though, independent movies, for like a decade. The guy's a brilliant actor. I just think he, this Bruce Wayne, the I think... A playboy Bruce Wayne, acted by Robert Pattinson, would have been the, the, the best Bruce Wayne ever. Would have given this movie some added energy, a, a boost of energy. And uh, the, the playboy Bruce Wayne, 
it, it throws people off of the scent. Like, who is Batman? By the end of this movie, I think a lot of people could take a pretty good fucking guess that Bruce Wayne is is Batman, more so than other iterations. Everyone should know who Batman is by the end of this movie. Just by the way that that, that Bruce Wayne acts, clues that the Riddler leaves in his apartment, um, interactions in this movie. There was a scene where uh, Commissioner Gordon says something about Bruce Wayne's parents. He turns around and fucking Batman's gone. Like, I don't think it would be too hard to figure out who the fuck Batman is, all right? But so, yeah, I agree with this rotten review with Rachel Wagner, not my Bruce Wayne. All right, so those are some of the rotten reviews that I kind of wanted to highlight. I also want to hit on a few other things, though, that those snippets, those rotten snippets didn't cover. So I'm just going to use, let's use Wikipedia and just kind of go through the character list here and just, uh, I'll give some quick thoughts. Let's, uh, let's talk about Batman some more. A lot of thoughts on Batman. I am so on the fence with Robert Pattinson, guys. Again, brilliant actor. But after watching this, the Batman, I think he should have been cast as the Crow. Like, reboot the Crow with fucking Robert Pattinson, not Batman. I think that would have been Pantheon casting. Guys, watch this and tell me I'm wrong. Robert Pattinson as the Crow. Guys, he could potentially change my mind later with his version of Batman, because, again, I'm on the fence. I don't, I don't think he'll ever be my favorite Batman. There's definitely things that I like about him. For example, in this movie, we find out that Martha, his mom, was in Arkham, and she was a little off her rocker. And so I like thinking that maybe this fucking Batman is off his rocker, and maybe he needs some mental help. I mean, I'm sure, like, all the Batman fucking need therapy, right? But there's a part of me that... I like thinking that this Batman might be the craziest fucking Batman we've ever seen. So, so I'm really on the fence with this version of Batman. And I'll be honest with you guys, there's a part of me that's... It's hard to get past scrawny Batman. I buy Ben Affleck. Because he's a fucking brick shithouse of a man. Very intimidating. He's doing like fucking CrossFit and, and pulling tires and like BVS. Christian Bale's Batman was a fucking ninja taught by the League of Shadows. We saw Christian Bale become Batman. So I understand like this dude can take care of himself. So it's just a little bit more believable, I think, with them. Like, does this Batman, does the Batman, does he know Kung Fu? Was he taught by ninjas? I don't fucking know. All I know is he's a scrawny emo dude mad at the world. If that's all he's got behind him, he might last for a movie, but eventually this guy's going to get his ass kicked real fucking soon. Being emo isn't the same thing as being taught by fucking ninjas. So give me like a line. Give me one line in this movie concerning how he picked up his skills. That's all I want. Throw me a few lines. And I'm glad they didn't do another origin story. We all know the origin of Batman, right? But I think you can explain some things here and there within the screenplay, within the dialogue that doesn't show, doesn't show his origins, but explains him just a little bit more. It's a very different Batman. And if you like that, awesome. Just didn't work for me as well as, as other iterations. With all that said, like, I think Robert Pattinson is a great actor. I think he's only 35 years old, so he's got plenty of time to run with this version of Batman. I hope he changes my mind. My goal is always to go into a movie and love that movie. He's got plenty of time to to become 
like my Batman. I'm interested to see where he goes and if he can get me off of that fence. However, I will give him credit for one thing. I liked Robert Pattinson's narration. Actually, I liked his overall voice. Maybe the best Batman voice, so I'll give him that. And I'll say, I love his costume. Looks very Arkham from the Arkham games. And then just with his scrawny body, he kind of reminds me of a, a new Adam West. You know, not not campy, super fucking dark Adam West. So it's kind of cool. So again, I'm on the fence with Bruce Wayne. I'm on the fence with his Batman. I'll give it time to breathe and we'll see what I think after another sequel. You know, we'll, we'll see. Right now, I'm on the fence. And something else I want to bring up that's connected to Batman. There's two really weird scenes in this movie. The first one is Batman goes down hard <laughs> at a funeral, okay? And he gets taken back to the police precinct. The commissioner already doesn't like Batman. He fucking hates him. Most of the cops don't like Batman. They think he's a weird fucker. Walks all super slow and shit. Fucking comes off awkward. They don't like him. And they had from the funeral to the precinct to take off his mask. And nobody removes Batman's mask. What the fuck, all right? The moment that motherfucker goes down at the funeral, I'm ripping off his mask, all right? I'm going to be the guy pointing and saying, holy shit, it's Bruce fucking Wayne, all right? So I don't buy that from the funeral to the precinct that nobody took a little peek, all right? Somebody's going to remove his mask, calling bullshit. The other scene is with um, his Batman squirrel suit. When he jumps off the building, I'm sorry, guys, that motherfucker is dead, or at least his back is broken, all right? Legs are broken, his ass is broken, Batman's just a regular guy, and they just broke every bone in his body, all right? There's a lot of clunky scenes. Some are probably nitpicky. I've had some friends, uh, Brandon Folk and, then, and Kyle Brown told me, I'm nitpicking, but when you're not having fun or... When you have a lot of problems, like it's easier to nitpick. So I'm going to try not to nitpick. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the rest of the cast and characters uh, going down Wikipedia here. Um, Catwoman, played by Zoe Kravitz. I talked about Catwoman briefly. Nothing against Zoe Kravitz, but I think she convoluted the script. I don't buy the romance. I'm not an overall fan of the bat and the cat to begin with. I think almost everything that, that they are in together is convoluted comics, movies. So it just makes the story messier probably in the minority on that as well. And again, nothing against Zoe Kravitz, but she's not even the best Catwoman. If you want to go there, that honor still goes to Michelle Pfeiffer. That's my Catwoman. And again, just the bat and the cat thing is fucking weird to me. Uh, <laughs> probably my least favorite version here. Um, I actually probably prefer Anne Hathaway in Rises over this. I like her Robin Hood story better. Um, but again, my mind can be changed with sequels, so we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, Colin Farrell's Penguin stole the show. Definitely my favorite character. Uh, definitely the standout, I think, of the Batman. And we know he's getting his own spinoff, and if he shows up in another movie and he gets even more screen time, if he gets more to do, look for him to take home some of the Oscar gold for Best Supporting because... He's that good here. Um, I'm curious to see where he goes with a Penguin show. Excellent performance. Excellent prosthetics. Like Colin Farrell knocked it out of the fucking park. Um, Andy Serkis as Alfred. 
didn't do it for me. He was, uh, I'd say he's about as good as Jeremy Irons in uh, the uh, the Snyder movies. I didn't hate him here, but he didn't have much to do. I still prefer Michael Caine or even the old dude from Batman 89. Alfred's supposed to be that emotional anchor, and he was, and he played his part in the Batman, but he's also, he's connected to a very weird scene that I've been bitching about that not a, not a lot of other people feel the same way that I do. Uh, there's this scene where he wakes up from a coma or, you know, some shit <laughs> and Bruce is by his bedside. And, uh, when, when Alfred wakes up, he tells him, Bruce tells him that he's learned some truth about his dad from a mobster. And he's pissed at Alfred for not sharing that truth with him. And Alfred's like, you gonna wake me up from a fucking coma? And yell at me because a mobster told you something? Like, dude, get fucked, Bruce. All right? I'm your father figure. I'm your anchor. And you're yelling at me when I wake up from a coma? Like, you're going to trust the word of a fucking mobster, you angry piece of shit? You fucking Nirvana listening to emo asshole? Like, what the fuck? Weird scene. Andy Circus did okay. Not my Alfred, though. Again, we'll see what happens in future installments. Maybe I'll change my mind. Also, I just brought up the mobster, right? Carmine Falcone. I thought Totoro did a great job, but I still prefer Tom Wilkinson and Batman Begins as Carmine, even though John Totoro had more to do. And guys, if you haven't noticed, I'm doing this on purpose at the top of this episode. We talked about which movie is better, Nolan's movies or the Batman. And I always keep going back to the Nolan movies. But I want to give John Turturro some praise. I thought he was great. He did a great job. Um, Jeffrey Wright. I wasn't impressed with his Commissioner Gordon. Most of his performance is connected to not very compelling mysteries. And and again, there's too many players in this movie, I think. Um, I don't think there's been a fantastic Commissioner Gordon. But as of this podcast, I go more towards Gary Oldman's um, Commissioner Gordon. Let's see. Um, Peter Skarsgård, man. Man, I thought he was great, underutilized. And I think I would probably save him um, as, as a villain in a sequel because the guy is that good. Nice to see him in this. Very bit part. Very underutilized. Great to see uh, Peter Skarsgård. And uh, let's see. Oh, man, I almost forgot. Uh, let's talk about the Joker. We get a Joker reveal. And I thought it was maybe the worst scene in the movie. Paul Dano's Riddler and Barry Keegan's Joker are going fucking bananas, going full Tropic Thunder. And I looked at my buddy in the theater and I said, if that's the sequel, if that's the Batman 2, that might be the worst thing ever. (laughs) All right. The Riddler and the Joker were just going fucking crazy. It was too much. If that's in a full movie, hard pass. All right. I don't want that. We'll see what happens, but... It looks like it could potentially be a mess. A fucking mess if they don't tread lightly. Um, let's talk about Gotham City. I like the Gotham shithole aesthetic, right? That's something I wanted from this movie, especially with the spinoff series uh, with Penguin and Arkham. They needed to sell me on Gotham. Out of all the movies, this might be my favorite Gotham. Actually, I'm going to say it. This is my favorite Gotham. It feels like a real lived-in shithole, right? Like, I, it felt like a little bit of New York, a little bit of Chicago. Um, I feel like Gotham is going to birth some very fucked up but interesting characters. Um, 
I just hope that everybody isn't fucking serial killers. But um, I love the neo-noir aesthetic, the moody uh, aesthetic, the, the the rain. Like, Gotham is a shithole, guys. Um, I kind of wish we would have lived in this Gotham for a movie or three or four before it got flooded. I hope we don't get this um, this apocalyptic setting for a second one. Maybe the spinoff series will deal with the flood. But I want to spend more time in this Gotham. But Gotham was a shithole, as it should be. And talking about how I hope everyone's not a serial killer, this is funny. Um, Matt Reeves said he wants to do something with Mr. Freeze. And I can't remember who, but I remember talking to somebody, or maybe I heard this, but somebody said that they hoped Mr. Freeze would be a serial killer. And that he would put the dead bodies in freezers, and his lair would be like an ice palace. Ugh, no, fuck that. All right, like, what's Killer Croc going to do, right? Like, kill crocodiles, wear their skin, kill people with chainsaws. Like, that's where I hope this franchise doesn't go. Like, I think there's a place for this gritty realism with this Riddler, and I think there's a, a place for fun comic book villains like a traditional Mr. Freeze. Guys, go watch the Batman animated series episode, Heart of Ice. One of my favorite Batman things ever. So I hope... Everyone isn't just fucking unhinged, psycho, serial killer. That would suck. Um, a few more things I want to hit on, and I'll be closing soon here, guys. Um, the action scenes were just okay. Nothing really stands out um, except for the highway scene. Nothing's really memorable. Nothing is uh, nothing cinematic. Um, I prefer the highway, motorcycle, truck flipping scene in Dark Knight. So the, uh, the Dark Knight comparison wins again. I thought the arena third act sequence was boring. Um, the third act was, was bloated. Let me, let me give some praise here. Uh, it, it feels like I'm being a little bit negative, so let me give some praise. Um, the Batmobile, guys. Dude, when that car turns on, holy shit, it's badass. And the sound design? Actually, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. The sound design I thought was perfect. Actually, I'm very curious to see what Jeremy Clifford says. Um, about the sound design. I think he's going to love this movie. Um, but the sound design was amazing um, throughout the entire movie. But when that car turns on, holy shit, great Batmobile. Um, it's it's up there with the other Batmobiles. Uh, let's see. Some more praise, guys. Um, the score. I probably prefer the Hans Zimmer score from the Nolan trilogy. But guys, I'll be honest, it's really close. Um... Also, the classic Danny Elfman score kind of seared into my brain. But Michael Giacchino, man, fucking nailed it, man. I'm not walking out of the theater humming uh, humming his score like at Star Wars or Indiana Jones or Jurassic Park. But, you know, it's, it's not memorable, but it's atmospheric as hell. Great score. I thought the score was fantastic. And guys, sometimes music just comes back around when you least expect it and just hits you in the back of the head. It's like, wake up, stupid. Like, dude, Nirvana and Batman go together like peanut butter and jelly, right? Uh, Something in the way by Nirvana, it's been on, I've been playing it on repeat, guys. Fucking perfect. The score for this movie, I thought was perfect. Uh, Love the score. But yeah, I'm very interested in seeing where this can go, potentially bringing in the Court of Owls. That could be great. I would just prefer to have some things tweaked, uh, some uh, a few things changed. I would like to see some traditional villains dropped into this to this world to mix it up. You know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, there's a lot of crazy nitpicking shit I could hit on, 
but I'm not going to do that. I've heard some friends, some friends have told me that I'm being nitpicky. I think there's a lot of things that happen in this movie because the writers say so. They have to happen. It doesn't happen organically. But I'm getting nitpicky. So, so I'll just end with I'm very interested to see where this goes. But as of right now, um, I'm very middle of the road. And if I have to be honest, guys, uh, to, to go back to the top of this episode, The Dark Knight is still the GOAT. Dark Knight is the movie to beat when talking about Batman. No contest. All right, guys, that's all I got. As usual, thanks for checking out this episode. Don't forget to leave a comment on Facebook or SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to this at. And don't forget to like this podcast and subscribe to the channel. Be cool. All right, guys, just be cool. Until next time, my good people, peace out. Yeah.